Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Master and Art of Intuitive Reading, and Twist Your Fate, Manifest Success with Astrology and Tarot. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 233 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is tarot and sex and my special guest is gabriella herstick hello gabby hi Teresa. so glad to be back on the podcast it's so good to have you back and you've got a fantastic new book out i've got my copy i got to read it in an advanced uh, uh opportunity and it's it's just so so good and i'm going to talk about that after we talk about our topic here and for people who are listening the book is called sacred sex the magic and path of the divine erotic it's so so good but anyhow you know people come to a tarot reader you read tarot and oftentimes what people come for are two things they want to know will i get paid or laid so i want to yeah. dive <laughs> i want to dive right into the latter yes which tarot cards might indicate in a reading that action is on the way, in your opinion? Ooh, that is such a good question. Okay. Um, I feel like the classics, like the lovers or the two of cups can definitely indicate, indicate like some new kind of romance. But then I also think that like the king of wands or the queen of wands could be an indication that you're either meeting somebody that represents this like sexual energy or you're going to be embodying it, which can also bring it to you. Um, I also, so those cards, I definitely feel like it kind of depends on the spread and the question. Um, but also like, I feel like sometimes the emperor can kind of represent like that kind of like intense Aries fertility, sacred erotic chaos, um, or like even the empress or yeah, like the empress too. But I feel like she's more of like abundance rebirth versus like getting laid. Um, I feel like the nine of pentacles to me is definitely like, the nine of pentacles and the nine of cups, um, are kind of like these cards of like abundance. So the nine of pentacles to me representing this energy of like being in the garden of the goddess and being really connected to your body, which can signify, um, this like connection with eroticism. And then the nine of cups, if it's like, if you've really, really wanting, been wanting to get laid and that's like your question about it could signify in my opinion, um, that kind of energy being fulfilled, but also the 10 of cups, which is Mars and Pisces, which to me feels like very like erotic might represent that kind of energy coming towards you. That makes total sense. And I also think too, like the Ace of cups or Ace of wands mm -hmm. can also show like a new opportunity, yeah. an offer coming, maybe someone making a play. Uh, I think some of the nights too, to me have yeah, the energy, like, you know, the knight of wands, uh, oh, you know, yeah. could certainly be someone coming in with a lot of passion. Knight of Cups could be the romantic offer. Uh, I don't know about the Knight of Pentacles, but those <laughs> those two knights at least make me think some action's <laughs> coming. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the aces. I, how could I forget? But yeah, I definitely feel like that kind of like, it's almost here. It's coming and you're about to come to energy. Like the knights definitely. I feel like all of the um, 
like the wands, like all of the court cards and the wands are very like, obviously very phallic and very like orgasmic. And then, yeah, the Knight of Cups is definitely like um, the energy of like connecting to your heart and to like love through somebody else for sure. I love that you mentioned orgasmic. The card that I always associate with orgasm is the tower. Oh my God. I love that. It is such a phallic card. Yes. And it's, it's like super a moment of crisis before like the orgasmic experience of the star. Right. I mean, just think about it. It's like, bam, all of a sudden. And you see, even when you look at the card, yeah. it looks like that. I mean, I don't want to get graphic for people who are listening, but in my <laughs> opinion, I always think of the tower as orgasmic, like climax, the climax of the situation. The climax yeah, I mean, worry. Right. And you know, climax and like those kind of states of altered states of consciousness, moment of crisis, they break and destroy our like normal mode of operating and our normal mode of perception, which is like one of the things the tower represents. So that's very real. I love that. I feel like you can purify all of the tarot cards. Like I feel (laughs) like you can really make all of them erotic if you want to. So that's a fun practice just to be like, Hmm, and like read all of them through that lens of like love and lust. Cause I feel like even, you know, like the pentacles are the body, the cups are the heart the wands are like sexuality and then the swords can even be like the patterns we have around love and sex. So it's definitely like, it's fun to do that in my opinion. Well, first of all, that's brilliant. I've never thought about that because I mean, this may be because I'm old too, but you know, I have an old school reader. So, I mean, I think we look at some cards, like they're not sexy. Like what would you find sexy about the five of swords? My most hated card. Help me out with this Gabby. That one is, um, I think that one's Venus and Aquarius. So that's like my Aquarius sign. So for me, it's like, that one's definitely hard, but I feel like it can even be like, if you're looking at it through like a lens of like fetish or kink, it can be like an ordeal ritual, like where like you're going through something really hard and like, you have to like let go and allow yourself to be like penetrated by the pain to like eventually move on to the six of swords and like take the wisdom and like suck out the venom and like eventually, you know, seven of swords, pick up the pieces. Um, but it's definitely difficult. That one is, that one is just like tough. And I also think that part of like, part of sex is like knowing ourselves. And part of it is recognizing our intentions. And I think that that card can also be like self-destructive with sexuality Mm -hmm. or with like attention, um, or represent that like it's it seems to me less of like the actual act of engaging with your sexuality or eroticism within yourself and more so of um, learning from past mistakes and allowing the pain to teach you about the patterns that you're still engaging with that maybe it's time to acknowledge and move on from like via six of swords I love that that's really really brilliant So, all right, well, if you are doing a tarot reading, what would be the card that you would look for that might suggest someone's going to be a good lover? Oh, my God, that's a really good question. Well, okay, I'm coming at this from somebody who um, has sex with men. So my perspective is definitely skewed that way. Um, But I can also talk about maybe like the the, the woman's side of it or the femme side of it in a second. Um, a good lover, honestly, like I really think the Emperor's a very sexy card. Like, obviously, on one hand, it represents at least to me like patriarchy, but also like 
I really love Aries energy and like, like sleeping with Aries men. And like, that's like a very intense, like divinely chaotic and like fiery energy. So like that one could really represent like being in touch with like the masculine in like a very embodied way past the idea of like toxic masculinity. Um, the king of wands to me again, that's like the daddy of the tarot in my eyes. Um, let's see, let's see. I'm like thinking of like, I'm going through all of the cards. Um, yeah, I feel like even like ace of wands, that could be one where it's like, there's like a lot of sexual energy to connect with knight of wands. Like we mentioned already. Um, I'm trying to think, I feel like the wands really like those would be the ones that I would connect with, with like intense sexuality. The lovers obviously would be like more so like being a good match. Um, and then honestly judgment, I really love the judgment card. I kind of connected with like the archetype of like destruction and rebirth, which to me is very like cataclysmic and like orgasmic. Um, and I kind of take it away from like the idea of like the, you know, like I feel like in the Smith weight deck, it's like a very biblical kind of picture, but I really connect that energy with like the energy of like the holy whore and like loving unconditionally and like sexually. Um, oh my God. Of course, I feel like when I'm asking these questions, like all the tarot cards they would normally think of just like dissolve from my brain. Um, <laughs> of course even it though, does. Honestly, Right. Honestly, even like, I feel like the eight of wands, like very intense energy, like momentum, being able to channel that kind of energy. Um, but I feel like any of the court cards with any of the wand court cards, I would say as again, with like masculine energy. And then like with like women, I feel like, yeah, like the queen of wands would be really powerful. Um, even like the empress would be really beautiful because it's like very, to me, it's like, you know, it's connected with Taurus and Libra through Venus, which is the planetary ruler, which is very sensual and connected. Um, I've started thinking of the hierophant and like the terms of the feminine as a hierodule, the sacred servant Ooh. who would be like the priestesses who would um, serve the goddess through like initiating those who came to worship through the sexual mysteries. And like, as like initiating through the body. So I kind of feel like even like the hierophant, like, which, you know, classically is pretty just like boring and about tradition, like thinking of it through the flesh because it's Taurus's card. So to me, that makes more sense than the hierophant. Um, I feel like that could honestly be an indication. I'm working on a, a tarot deck that has to do with goddesses of love. So that's all I'm going to say, but that's why I'm like, really, I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> Well, that gets me really excited, the idea of you having a tarot deck. So, of course, when that deck comes out, you know, I want to get a copy immediately. Oh, my God. I know it's going to be amazing. Thank you. You'll, you'll be the first person to get one. So I have to ask you a question now. We've already yes. talked about things that establish, you know, like excitement and heat and getting laid. What might you look at that might indicate a dud encounter? Like this person or this situation it's just not going to trip your trigger? Oh, that's a great question. Okay. So the three of swords would be the first one that would come up. It'd be like, eh, you're going to hurt yourself. If you go after this, you'll be disappointed in some regard. 
which is part of the game. Like that just happens. Um, I think any of the fives to me, the fives really represent the energy of being stuck and of like delusion and of just like being in your own shit. Um, in that same way, the eight of swords, I think could really kind of represent that, or it could represent like you trying really hard to make a situation work and it not working, even if it's just like, because you're mentally like not open to it. Um, and even the page of cups to me has a kind of fuck boy energy. It's like, definitely could be like a good thing, but it's also like, you should watch out because this person might not actually, they might be saying the right things and they might be seeming like they're doing the right thing, but um, people can say all the right things and do all the right things. And if that like actual energy is not there, then it doesn't really mean shit. So um, let's see what else. I'm trying to think of all the majors in my head. I'm like going through them. Also, I feel like the magician could be a good card about like sexual energy. Cause it's like able to use what you've got to like really manifest, you know, the best sex possible. But for the duds, I feel like the fives, yeah, like eight, nine or 10 of swords. Um, what else? Um, yeah, those are really the ones that come to mind. I, I feel like, like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I think that's I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So I'd love to hear what what you think. Well, I always think the Ace of Wands reversed is like oh, the yeah. dud. Like yeah. that to me is like, wah, 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 wah. it's not yes. working. There's no like, heat. There's no heat. Yeah. Yeah. It's giving me like blue ball energy, not being able to stay hard energy, which there's nothing wrong <laughs> with. Like sometimes it's indication that the energy's not there. Well, then speaking of energy, how might, I mean, what would you look for for sexual compatibility in tarot? Could you find Ooh, that in tarot? That's a great question. Absolutely. I think that like seeing kind of like any like pairs, like any court card pairings or even like any of like, like if you see like the two of wands and the two of cups, like that could be that there's like romance and sexual connection um, or like the three of cups and the three of like pentacles even would be like, there's an aspect of like being able to like build community or like build a life together. If like, that's kind of what you're looking for. Um, sexual compatibility, the emperor and the empress, the magician and the high priestess. Um, I think it's like, you know, if you're pulling a significator, um, anything that kind of complements that or like any, I think like a mix of like wands and cups that are like supportive cards. Like you wouldn't want to get like the five of sort, like five of wands or like five of, yeah, five of wands and five of cups. That might be like not very good, but like those two energies for me really represent like the heart and like sex. And I think that those two things um, usually make like really good, strong compatibility. Um, and even something like temperance could be like a good kind of indication that there'd be like a balance between the two people or two partners. Um, but then you would want it with like other cards that are going to be like more, you know, exciting if you're specifically going and exploring like sex and the erotic. Well, I love the idea of the temperance showing a good flow between people. I mean, yeah. I never thought about that. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the tree of life, the path of, on the Kabbalistic tree of life, the path of temperance connects the sun and the moon. So to me, it also represents kind of like the divine marriage of soul and Luna and those on the spheres, those are the sixth and ninth sphere on the tree of life. So I think of it as like the path of like 69 and like 
like sex magic using like the bodily fluid. So it's just very, I feel like you can really like, if you want to make the tarot perverted, it's pretty easy. <laughs> well, I always think of the most uh, naughtiest card, of course, being the devil. Like to me, that's the king. Yeah, card. of course. Oh my God. I forgot. See, that's what I'm, oh my God. I forgot. <laughs> I love that card too. Even death. Like I feel like death, the devil, um, compatibility, the star would be a great card too. like really saying that like you're on the right path, but yeah, the devil to me is like the the guardian of like the dark erotic, the dark goddess. And even death could be like representing like the moment of orgasm itself as being very profound and powerful and transformative. So um, I think that if you're specifically looking for sex and those cards come up, it could be really powerful. Like the de- death, the de- death, temperance, the devil, um, the tower, the star, like that, like those like five or six cards in a row would just like as a progression are all kind of like very erotic in my opinion and can be used in a supportive way or seen in a supportive way. And of course death makes total sense because la petite mort, which is the little death is it's a euphemism for orgasm. Mm -hmm. So of course the death card could be uh, associated with that. Yeah. And the wheel of fortune too, in that same kind of way, like I think about the wheel of fortune as like the Ouroboros, like the snake eating its own tail and like, just like being down for a ride from the cosmos, but also as like the wheel, the circle, this connection of like orgasm, both being like a moment of death and then a moment of like rebirth at the same time. And how like those energies are like very intrinsically linked, especially because sex leads to, it can lead to like literal birth. So um, I think always the wheel of fortune and anything where you're asking, I feel like about like a person or anything that is outside of yourself is like a powerful kind of car. That's like, you are being supported by the universe. So good. And you know, you mentioned sex magic. So I'd like this to be our last question. Is there a way that you can use tarot and sex magic? Oh my God. Yes. This is like one of my favorite things to do. Um, So I personally, I really love, I love the tarot. It has been a huge part of my practice for a long time. Um, Really since the beginning of the pandemic, I've like, dived very deep, but I really don't read for other people. I really use the tarot more as like, like, um, talismanic and meditation and like, in like in a talismanic or meditative way. And as like a tool for inquiry versus like reading for other people. Um, and the, the tarot are, they're portals, they're keys, there are doorways, and we can use those archetypal energies to activate and awaken that aspect within us. So I really love using the tarot for sex magic. Um, If you're doing it solo, I love either pulling a tarot card if you're asking a question and want guidance or picking a tarot card based on an energy that you want to connect to, embody more of, or facilitate a deeper relationship with. So like if you're wanting to explore your desires without shame and without like... um, feeling like, you know, like you're not allowed to, if you want to really destroy those beliefs and you might want to work with the devil. And I suggest, um, like meditating with those cards and then using masturbation or sex as you like really focus on like feeling the pleasure, but then also feeling like you can either visualize the card or project yourself into the card, like send yourself into the card and interact with it, or just like feel the energy of the card within you and then use the energy of orgasm as a way to awaken and raise that energy. 
send it through your body. And then after that, um, continue kind of like in the afterglow, awakening and meditating on the tarot card. You can also in like partnered magic or partnered sex magic, like pull a tarot card together. And then as you're having sex, like connect with or think about the tarot card, especially like as like one or one of you or both of you or neither of you are like coming. You just want to be able to like, it's less about like the actual orgasm and more about the raising of the energy and connecting to the card. Um, and sometimes it can be, I, I suggest um, starting with the major arcana cards for sex magic. Um, if you're not really super familiar with all the cards, cause it can be kind of confusing to be like, uh, how am I supposed to do sex magic with the five of swords? That's like a lot or the like nine of wands. Like, I don't really get it. The major arcana, um, those keys to me are easier to relate to cause they're more archetypal. Um, and especially if you're doing sex magic with somebody else, I would recommend starting with those and then adding the, um, remainder of the cards, um, but yeah, you can also like make art about the cards or like use them kind of as like touchstones to tap into yourself and then just practice sex magic without the cards. But I think that using them to like awaken different parts of ourselves can be a really powerful practice. And um, orgasm is just a very easy way to raise energy that also feels really good. So it kind of, to me, it makes sense. Well, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. And, you know, you wrote, I mean, you wrote the book about sex magic. I really do believe that because there aren't that many books that I've ever been aware of. And one of the things, uh, and by the way, for folks who are listening, we're talking about sacred sex, the magic and path of the divine erotic. I mean, this book is so complete. It has everything in here from sigil magic, sex magic, sacred sex. You do have some tarot stuff in here too. I, there's a lot in here. You've covered every single base for anybody who would want to explore this form, not just of magic, but of connecting with something greater through the physicality, the, your sexuality, all of that. Uh, I, I've never seen a book this thorough on the topic. So can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind this book? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, first off, thank you so much for that. Your support means the world. And I, I received that with so much gratitude. Um, I had been wanting to write a book about like sexuality and sex magic. I was actually approached by my publisher to write this book. Um, so I was just like, so beyond happy and thrilled. And um, I really like it didn't necessarily start off with this intention, but it became very clear, very quick. Like I knew it. Well, I knew that I wanted to include, you know, both the history of sex magic and, practices around the world that incorporate sexuality and spirituality to remind like specifically Western, you know, Western folks, my Western audience that we're, you know, both part of that, like, this isn't something new. I think a lot of us have this idea that sexuality and spirituality have never been connected. And I really wanted to be like, this is something that has been, that's a through line through every culture and religious tradition um, in the world. And in, in most cases, um, and I wanted to include, you know, like stuff about sex magic, obviously, like that was a big part of it and sex magicians. But what I really came to find was that more than anything, I really wanted to write a book for anybody of any relationship format of any like magical level, whether you're total newbie to spirituality or like a practicing witch of however long. Um, I wanted to write something that would help people make their sexuality a central part of their spiritual practice and make it something that brings in a connection to the divine 
or something greater than themselves in whatever language or way feels good. Um, I knew that I wanted to include the tarot as a framework because I think it's really powerful. It's been something that's a big part of my own practice. And I think that seeing our sexuality reflected in those keys can be a really good starting point in exploring our journey. Um, I always include affirmations and journal questions in my books. Those are really useful tools to me as an air sign. Um, And beyond that, I really just, I wanted to include the tools that have been supportive for me. And, you know, like also, well, tools have been supportive for me, like breath work, like sigil magic, like um, working with the divine feminine, like spiritual alchemy. And um, also like, I wanted to include, there's a, the original book was like twice as long. I had to cut a lot out, but the last half of the book um, are different paths of sacred sexuality that your own spiritual practice might take. And I knew that I wanted to include, you know, these different kind of aspects. So that way that readers could take what works from each kind of path and create their own. Um, And it was important to me to also include like other voices. So I interviewed um, sex workers, some like pro-doms, um, like marriage and family therapists that are kink aware, poly aware, like super like open to lots of different expressions of sexuality. I included, um, sexuality professionals. So like a couple of like a sexuality doula and, um, somebody who works like in like the BDSM space and artists. And I, I wanted it to be like very well researched, very thorough and like not, I didn't want to central, like, I didn't want to make my own experiences like central part of it. Like I definitely sprinkled in a lot of my own like gnosis and experience, but like, it was important to me that this wasn't like, it's not a memoir. This book is not about like my own sexuality. It's about like what I've learned and what I found important and like pulled in from a lot of other streams and currents, um, you know, these topics of esoteric, um, sexuality. And yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's definitely like the, I think it's the best book I've ever written and probably the best thing I've ever written. And, um, I, I like writing, it really transformed my own relationship with my sexuality and it's helped me heal a lot. So I definitely feel like that's a big testament to the book itself. And I'm just excited for it to be out. You know how it is. It's like, you talk about the thing for so long and you forget, I forgot that people were going to like get it and read it. You know, mm-hmm. I forgot it's like something to be consumed. So it's been really, it's been really special seeing the way that it's been received. Well, the thing about the book, it is so thoroughly researched. So everything that you're saying here, I can attest. This is a very well-researched book. I love the affirmations. I love all the stuff that you put in here. So it's not like just something that's, you know, written off the top of your head. This is a very deep book. There's a lot of meat to this book. There's so much here. And I think anybody who dives into it is going to say the same thing. Uh, You're kind of like this magical, mystical, esoteric Dr. Ruth. I mean, that's how thoroughly (laughs) researched it is. (laughs) You know, if Dr. Ruth was like young and sexy and witchy and magical and into all that, I mean, that that's how researched this book is. So I want, I want my audience to know this is a serious book. This is not fluffy at all. It is a serious, well-researched book. And one thing also, and I'm going to share a little story too. You mentioned uh, there's a chapter back here. It's one of my favorites. It's the chapter on sex glamour icons as muse. 
And you mentioned David Bowie, and everyone knows how much I love David Bowie. And you said, one of the most striking acts of magic conjured by David Bowie in his many incarnations is the inability to fit him in a single box. Bowie used, Bowie used magic, uh, ritual, glamour, and self-creating and self-sustaining images and visuals to manifest an unsurpassed erotic archetype. I love that, and it's so true. And here's the funny story about David Bowie. So I live in the Milwaukee area, and back in the day, many, many years ago, there was a, uh, an occult shop called Sanctum Regnum, and it was run by a guy named Fritz, and there's a, this is a legend. I don't know how true it is, but the legend is, is that David Bowie contacted Sanctum Regnum and wanted them to close the shop so he could shop for magical supplies, and the guy who ran the shop refused. And I'm like, What? You can't let David, so that so that's why I know Bowie was really also into magic. Obviously, if you're coming no. into a city to perform and you want to go to the occult shop, so that's our weird <laughs> our weird little legend here in the Milwaukee area about magician. I would have closed whatever David Bowie wanted me to close if it was my shop. Oh my god, yeah, he was just like I only recently really like learned how much of a ceremonial magician he was. Like he really studied like Kabbalah. Station to station is all about the tree of life. Like he's, he's incredible. I like, I, I feel like I'm slowly like really like kind of more and more getting into him. Um, but yeah, he's, that's so funny. Why wouldn't you close your store for David Bowie? He'd be a big spender too. Imagine David Bowie owning your occult supplies. That'd be right? fucking iconic. I wouldn't even care if he didn't buy anything. I just want to be there, so like showing him around, you know, oh, well, here's our crystal. Who cares if he doesn't buy anything? <laughs> it's David Bowie. But anyhow, the fact that you had that in the book also just made me smile. And it just shows this book is just so modern and neat. So thank you so much for writing this book, Gabby. I love it. Yay. And yeah, there's plenty of tarot. I like include um a tarot card to kind of guide each chapter and each expression of like the path of sexuality. And then each chapter also has a tarot spread for like helping you kind of dive more deeply into like your own personal practice with sacred sexuality. So, yeah. All right, people. So if you are listening in, of course, you're going to want to get sacred sex, the magic and path of the divine erotic by Gabriella Herstick. It is so incredible. And of course, when you get your tarot deck out, you know, everyone that I know we are all going to be lining up to get that deck. So I cannot wait. Gabby, thank you so much for spending time with me today and talking about your book and this juicy hot topic. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Yeah, well, it was my pleasure. You can find me on my website, Gabriella Herstic, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-A-H-E-R-S-T-I-K.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Gabby Herstic. G-A-B-Y-H-E-R-S-T-I-K. Um, and then Patreon is also Gabby, Gabby Hersick. And I have tarot spreads and sex magic discussion circle and lots of essays and fun stuff on there too. But those are the main places that you can find me. Well, thank you again for being here. And people, make sure you get into Gabby's world, learn more about her new book, her other books, stay tuned for her deck. I mean, this is where you're going to want to be. <laughs> so again, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And, of course, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day.
And by the way, if you're digging the podcast, do me a solid. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day. Let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, well, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>